Well, good morning, Thailand. Nice to have you with us. Jay and Natty on assignment for the rest of the week, so it's just me and a few guests. Today we've got jellyfish in Krabi, not the usual ones. We've got problems in the crypto market, don't you know? We've also got some temperature checks, you know those infrared checks that you do around Thailand? They might be on the way out. Uh, also coconut monkeys, a whole lot of things to talk about, plus inflation, all coming up on today's Good Morning Thailand. And welcome to Good Morning Thailand. Tim Newton here, taking you through a Tuesday morning here in Bangkok. And uh, great to be with you. And with me today is our guest. He didn't turn up. Uh, so it's just me. But, uh, well, I'm not actually quite alone. I've got a, an office full of staff here. And we've also got Carmel. Hi, Carmel. How Hello, are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm uh, good. Great to have you with us. And you might have to join in a bit more often today. But uh, yes. we'll try and get to some more of your comments today. And Carmel, she's still putting her makeup on there. But uh, she should be ready soon. And uh, Chai, well, he's putting his makeup on as well. He's looking after all the buttons. So uh, plenty to get on with. Thank you very much to Regent International School in Patia and appreciate your sponsorship. And if you're looking to educate a uh, young person there in the Patia area, Regent International School is worth your consideration. Now tomorrow I've got Friso and Greg coming in from the Bangkok Community Help Foundation, two outstanding gentlemen and will be great to have them in the studio. On Thursday I've got Jet from Thailand News Today and Ben Hart from Integrity Legal, our local lawyer. And we've also got on Friday uh, Jet and Mike. So uh, some fiery exchanges later in the week. But for today it's just me and you and Carmel and Chai. So let's get started and uh, today we're going to be covering the well the fairly tumultuous crypto crash. Just a quick mention of that a bit later. Coconut monkeys are in the news. What are they? We'll find out a bit later. A big buyers of condos in Phuket. Who are they? We'll find out later as well. Uh, a jellyfish warning from Krabi, and these aren't the usual jellyfish found in the area. We'll talk about that. Uh, also, the infrared checks as you walk into shops. Uh, and just about shops, uh, offices, airports, of course, anywhere in Thailand. They're looking like they're going to phase them out, perhaps even as early as this week. The protests are back as things are easing up. People are heading outdoors again. Some of them heading out to protest the government and the Prime Minister. And also we've got missing tsunami boys in the Indian Ocean. Now this is a topic that we've been covering for some four years. And of course the next tsunami could come today or in 10,000 years time, probably somewhere in between, but we'll find out a bit more about the Tsunami Boys later in the program. And just a big shout out this morning to Mick Jagger. Yep, Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones, 78 years old, was performing in Amsterdam with uh, the rest of the band, and uh, he's contracted COVID and had to cancel uh, one of his concerts. So I hope Mick's okay. But uh, yeah, 78 years old, COVID maybe uh, could be a danger. So I'm sure he's under a lot of good care. So let's have a talk about our inflation survey we did uh, yesterday. This is something we posted on YouTube. 
and you were telling us uh, about the things that you thought you were noticing. Now I have to say, and I'll check with uh, the staff in just a moment as well, that in the last couple of weeks I've really noticed some prices creeping up. In some cases really jumping up. So I was interested to know what you have noticed, even if you're not in Thailand, of things that you're noticing on a day-to-day -day basis that are jumping up in price. So we had 1,600 votes. And uh, Chai, if you'd like to bring up that graphic, this is what people thought was the, the main uh, things that they noticed. Um, oh, no, no. So the question was, now with inflation, what are you going to cut back on? So these are the things, uh, and as you can see at the bottom there, buying cheaper food and cooking at home more uh, was the most popular answer, followed closely by a 26% travel will go on shorter, closer trips or none at all. And then uh, in close proximity, number three, four and five, driving the car less, less alcohol and less trips to the cinema or a trip to a favourite restaurant. But most people said that they were going to be buying cheaper food and cooking at home more. Now, a lot of people responded with some quite interesting uh, answers as well. I'll just go through some of those quickly. Ryan Bishop said, none. We already cut down expenses by 80% moving back to Thailand from the United States a few months ago. Interesting. N. Smith said, cutting down on daily expenses helps a lot and helps save for those bigger things like travel. Dawning Blue says, buying gold is the only way. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Buying gold. Uh, often seen as a sort of a hedge against inflation and uh, rising prices uh, as everything else is sort of crashing around you like the stock market even the crypto market which was meant to be a new sort of hedge but it hasn't proved to be so. Scott M says use the motorcycle instead of a car much better gas mileage and um, wheat okoli doing my best there. I already live in cutback mode, but I'll spend freely when I finally get to travel. Uh, Dominic Chan said, in Thailand, you don't have to abandon trips. Take the bus and trains. They're the cheapest. Learn to hike, drive less, eat at stores, not restaurants. Abandon places like Phuket, Koh Samui, Koh Chang, Koh Phangan, or any place with a lot of white farang. Okay, thanks, Dominic. And uh, Gavin said, less on the ladies. Uh, I asked some of the staff this morning, Num said he's noticed that uh, his pad thai gung, that's the, with the prawns, or shrimp if you like, had gone up 10 baht from 50 to 60 baht. So that's more than 10% rise, isn't it? Pete said his chicken kebabs have gone up five baht. That's some 10% as well. And the diesel price cap also, I noticed Carmel has jumped up to 35 baht a litre. Now only two months ago it was capped at 30 baht a litre so even that's jumping up and that of course will affect a lot of the prices uh, for anything that's um, transported by diesel trucks, diesel transport, diesel trains uh, which they use here in Thailand. So uh, yeah I'm starting to notice some big jumps in uh, prices. Fuel uh, filled up the other day was 46 baht so that is creeping up and if you compare that to a couple of years ago that is double the price it was a couple of years ago. Carmel how about you what have you noticed has jumped up in price? I haven't noticed specifically the number like I can't say if it rose like 10 baht 20 baht but whenever I take a grab nowadays I end up spending so much more than before. Uh, I've also noticed a few prices increased in 7-Eleven but then again, I don't 
visit there that often. You okay. probably do. You notice your toasties. We could put a, a mattress under your desk, and then you w- that would reduce your transport costs. Yeah, actually, that would help a lot. <laughs> there we are. Solved. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, if you've got any ideas, uh, Carmel's going to inter- in- interrupt me during the program today if any of you come up with some interesting comments, and we'll get to those during the program. Let's uh, move on to our next topic now, which is the protesters. The protesters are back as things open up here in Thailand. Uh, we've had some big protests over the weekend. Well, not so big. There was a protest at the Democracy Monument, and uh, that was very peaceful. The police were there in attendance, but the young protesters weren't interrupted and they were allowed to uh, conduct their protest and their march. But later on, some of the more, uh, what would you call them, determined protesters, some of the uh, the ones who are just determined to make a, a name for themselves, they did get together with the police under the Din Dang intersection, which has been a place where they've had some of the protest um, scuffles in the past. <clears throat> police said that they found more than 20 homemade cherry bombs under the Din Dang Expressway. Have you ever heard of a cherry bomb? Obviously, no it's clue. a small little bomb. No clue. I've heard of ping pong bombs before. Maybe it's the same thing. Cherry I've heard bombs. Of ping pong bombs. Yeah, but I have no clue about cherry bombs. So police suspect uh, they were hidden by hardcore anti-government protesters for use against the police. Uh, officers from the Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit, with the help of sniffer dogs, were checking for more bombs and weapons in the area. Uh, police also uncovered many glass pellets and disposable lighters. Uh, since last Saturday. So it looks like the protesters are out in force again. Uh, We hope that these more violent scuffles don't happen more often. And it's uh, great that the younger people are voicing their opinion. And it's great that in most cases they're allowed to voice their opinion. Uh, But uh, obviously we don't want any violence and the police have shown that they're quite determined to stop any violence towards people or property in the past. Uh, Even the Prime Minister, oh, I should mention that two police officers were slightly injured uh, in those scuffles on Saturday night, so I hope they're okay. The PM warned yesterday, he said to the protesters, uh, that the anti-government protesters, especially the young protesters, not to break the law or they would face arrest and prosecution. So uh, the Prime Minister, I suppose, is just making it known that he wants the protesters to think twice before they head out onto the roads. The Democracy Monument uh, there on the Ratanakosan Island, uh, where there's a lot of old history of Bangkok, including, of course, the Grand Palace in Sanam Luang, uh, Tamasat University is there as well, a lot of old museums and buildings. Now, the Democracy Monument always appears to be one of the, the main locations they do the protests. So, uh, interesting situation there uh, with the protests appearing back on the streets of Bangkok. Now, I have to say that if you are a tourist or an expat, and you thought to yourself, now I'm going to go and see what's happening with the protests, you would be hard-pressed to actually find them. Uh, Unless, of course, you went to the Democracy Monument on the day you knew the protests were going to be on. But the protesters are usually fairly smart these days, and they certainly were when all this started ramping up in August 2020 where the protesters always just seemed to be one step ahead of the police and they were using uh, some of those apps, what's like Telegraph is the one where you can uh, 
you, you can't have your message sent on or intervened. Anyway, they were using some quite clever technology to make sure the police had no idea where they were going to appear. So we'll keep you up to date with the protest as we go. Pete's turned up. Pete, are you doing Carmel's job for a while? Yeah, she's going downstairs she, to, do, to do a few things. Just still fiddling around with her makeup. I don't know what it is. Anyway, we're going to have a quick break. Uh, so back to Chai for a few moments. I'll catch my breath. We'll get to your comments very soon. We've got a lot more to talk about on Good Morning Thailand. At Regents International School Patia, we are really excited to be introducing the A-level program alongside the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program. We are offering these two programs really to prepare students best for university wherever they choose to go in the world. Welcome back to Good Morning Thailand. I'm running solo today. I was meant to have a guest, but they didn't turn up. And just reminding you that uh, we do have guests for the rest of this week, which will be very exciting and quite fiery, I think. Uh, what were they? Uh, where's the list? Friso and Greg tomorrow. Two guys I rate. Be very happy to have them here in the studio. Thursday, we've got Jet and Ben. Friday, we've got Jet and Mike. And then next week, Jay and Natty back in the studio. I'm sure you'll be looking forward to that. So let's get on to our next uh, topic, which is the temperature checks. So uh, Chai's got some video of these. Now anybody in Thailand will know exactly what I mean. No matter what door you walk through, through an office door, a shop door, a restaurant door, any building, there will be that ubiquitous temperature check you put your hand up it's almost um, uh, you just don't think about it you walk and you go yeah and the machine goes beep I wonder how many people they've actually stopped uh, sometimes my temperature as I go from one building to another has varied wildly like two or three degrees apart from the fact that I'm not sure if they're that accurate maybe they are I'm not really sure if they sort of go, eh, eh, if the uh, security people uh, are going to do anything about it. These days, there's not usually anybody there anyway. Uh, there's one particular place in Phuket, uh, I won't mention it, <clears throat> but they've been stopping us for the last two years as we drive in to use their restaurants and visit the shops and things. And we wind down the window and they reach in with the machine and we temperature check and... Uh, sometimes it's not even on and uh, there's no display but uh, they've been doing that and I'm absolutely positive that no one has ever been stopped but the thing is the public the Ministry of Public Health is proposing to, to remove these temperature measurement devices and checkpoints from around the country's airports and everywhere now we know this week the CSA are having meetings and uh, they usually get uh, the big stuff out every couple of weeks on a Thursday or Friday. So we'll find out whether this is going to be one of the changes. We predict this week there will be big changes at the CSA regarding masks, regarding uh, the closing times in night spots, uh, involving the blue and yellow zones. I mean, so many things are up for grabs at the moment. Will there be any changes to the Thailand Pass? I don't think there will be any changes to the Thailand Pass this week, but I do think there will be changes to the requirement to wear masks in public places in Thailand. I also think there will be changes to the, uh, the closing times, and I'm pretty sure they'll probably adjust the blue and yellow zones to just about every province in Thailand, noting that the number of COVID daily infection numbers 
has come down drastically since April the 1st. It was like 28,500, I think, on April the 1st. The last couple of days it's been below two or 3,000. I think yesterday it was below 2,000. It was 1,800 yesterday. Can you remember? You do the numbers, don't you, Carmel? Yes. What, do we do the numbers today? We haven't we, checked. We, we They're staring checked. at each other. Yeah. But they were 1,800 yesterday, so uh, the, the numbers just like are so low compared to what they used to be. I mean, it's still worrying that there are still cases around, uh, and some people would say it's still worrying that they're still counting them. But even if you do, you can see the trend is coming down. So there is no reason for the CSA and the Thai government not to reduce restrictions. Any reason they might have, any uh, mandate they believe they have to uh, keep the restrictions the same or even raise them, there is absolutely no reason why they could possibly do that. So expect some changes this week. Uh, the head of the Health Technical Office from the Ministry of Public Health says the temperature checks were one of the first COVID screening measures introduced because the main symptoms were a high fever. I get it. But at the moment, they say there is no evidence proving that the checks prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, now, Singapore removed their temperature checks last year. Uh, a lot of countries didn't even introduce the temperature checks as a way of checking COVID uh, people or people who might ha have COVID. Uh, and I, I think the other good thing about it, if they do get rid of it, it would be a very visual sign that the government is ramping down its uh, COVID pandemic situation. Getting rid of the face masks would obviously be the most visual, but getting rid of these infrared temperature checks would also be uh, a very visual change to the way that we go about our daily lives. But they uh, still are not to be outdone. They still said, this is from the Public Health Department, they still want people to get booster doses, to wear their face masks in a crowded area, to wash their hands during the day, and to maintain social distance measures. So uh, that's what people are saying. Uh, indeed, what are you saying? Carmel, you got some thoughts there? Yes, a bunch of comments about this. Teddy Bear said that temperature checks in is BS in my country too, in Sri Lanka. Now they stopped doing it as they have zero COVID. Um, and then Captain Kremen said, most people with COVID never get a fever anyhow, so it's utterly stupid. Well, yes, uh, I suppose it, it is a symptom for some people uh, and they're trying to catch those people with an obvious symptom. But there are a lot of people who catch COVID who are mm. asymptomatic, who don't present a temperature. And of course, the infrared checks don't do anything for them. So did you get a bit of static there, did you, Chai? <laughs> Chai just adjusting the cameras. Uh, right. Richard Evans said that Australia never had to. I'm not sure if this is regarding... Mask the wearing checks. or temperature checks? Oh, they yeah, they have to wear to. masks uh, in Australia, yes. But, but for temperature checks, no? No, apparently not. Well, oh, wow. I, I, have, I wasn't there. <laughs> Richard obviously was. And another one? That's about all for them. Yeah. Okay, we'll get back to your comments a bit later. Carmel sort of jumping in today with your comments as they come up live. This is Good Morning Thailand. We're moving on to our next topic. So, Chai, let's have a talk about jellyfish. Now, uh, since to before you run the video uh, since 2002 in the gulf of thailand 10 people have died from box jellyfish poisoning nine of those were stung in the waters 
of Kosamui and Kopangan, obviously because they're the two most popular islands in the Gulf of Thailand. Uh, this is a problem, the box jellyfish. Uh, last August, there was a, a nine-year-old Israeli boy who was stung and died from a jellyfish sting uh, in the waters of Kopangan. But it's not the box jellyfish that has come to the attention of the news over the past 24 hours. Red flags were raised yesterday to warn tourists not to swim at Hong Island. Now that's between Krabi and Koh Yao Noi in Bangna Bay. So large numbers of fire jellyfish washed up on the shore yesterday. This is what the fire jellyfish look like. And now the technical name for them is the Morbaka. Morbaca fenery. That's obviously a Latin name and it's also known as the fire jellyfish and it doesn't so much get its name from its pinkish red colour but from its very potent sting and thousands of these small but venomous fire jellyfish washed up on Kohong beaches yesterday. The head of the National Park says that the jellyfish are very venomous and getting stung by one can cause severe burning pain or even death in cases which uh, could produce a severe allergic reaction. But most healthy fit people wouldn't die from a fire jellyfish but people have told me they really hurt. So the interesting thing is that uh, these are not that common in the Pangna or Andaman Sea area. Much more common is the Portuguese man of war. So, do you know the Portuguese man of war? No. It's uh, in Australia we call them blue bottles. They're sort of like an inflatable, they're about that big, inflatable sort of uh, jellyfish thing. Yeah. And they've got these blue tentacles oh, hanging yes, down. Yes. And they can hang down many, many meters. Mm. And I mean, they don't attack you, they just sort of float around. And if you swim into those tentacles, that can really, really sting you. Really sting. I've had a few box, not box jellyfish, but the um, the Portuguese man of war stings over the time. But these ones, these are much smaller, and these are called fire jellyfish. And the Department of Marine Parks in the area say that they'll probably wash away in the next day or two. But uh, great to see of course that these beaches are mostly patrolled and if you do see the red flags up uh, it's either going to be because it's too rough to swim there or it could be because of things like the fire jellyfish <clears throat> remembering at the moment uh, all the beaches in the Andaman Sea are quite rough at the moment uh, you've got the monsoon in full swing so you've got the waves up at this time of the year and the jellyfish sort of roll in uh, and for the Portuguese man of war I note that they sort of get broken up by the waves and so you can swim into all these little tentacles all over the place. So this time of the year if I go for a swim I put on a, uh, uh, you know, the jellyfish suit. There's a specific suit for that? It's uh, like a lycra uh, sort of black thing so that the stings can't actually touch your skin. Okay. So I look pretty, pretty good in a tight black lycra top. M. Maranta said that if this fire jellyfish is around, then don't go swimming or snorkeling. <laughs> to oh, avoid no. It. Uh, this is only, by the way, at uh, Kohong in the Pangna Bay. Very isolated. But uh, I mean, you can pretty much see, if you're sort of looking down into the water, you can see these fire jellyfish, these clumps of pinky, reddy fish. 
Uh, and if uh, anybody's reported them, then the lifeguards or the people looking after the beaches or other people at the beach, I'm sure, would warn you. But uh, just one of those little things just to watch out for, not only on Thai beaches, but beaches around the world. But noting that we, we don't have the box jellyfish on the Andaman seaside, but they do tend to hang around sometimes of the year uh, in the Gulf of Thailand. But uh, there's so many people going for a swim. The 10 people that have died over the past 20 years or so, it's still very, very rare to run into a box jellyfish. Uh, moving on to our next topic before our next break, let's have a talk about coconut monkeys. Now, Thai coconut milk producer, Chow Ko, is that the way to spell it, Chow Ko? I think that's the way, C-H-A-O-K-O-H, Chow Ko. So there's no monkey business going on in the production of their products. Peter, a US-based animal rights NGO, has been conducting an investigation since 2019, and they've been singling out Chow Ko for the abuse, the alleged abuse, of young monkeys in Thailand. And they report that monkeys are chained, abused and forced to climb trees and pick coconuts that are used to make coconut milk, meat flour oil and other products. We've got some video there. So running the video you can see the, uh, the monkeys being trained to do this and I suppose you could say up front that they do it pretty well. Now in response the United States is actually considering a ban on all Chowco products and Peter's latest campaign to get retailers to put Chowco products from their shelves has now accumulated more than 95,000 supporters. I noticed Walmart was one of the companies that have pulled these products from their shelves in reaction. But the Thai coconut producer has hit back. They're based, by the way, in Nakhon Patom in central Thailand. And they're saying that Peter's campaign is not only false, but it's also racist. In fact, they've, they've described this as a case of Orientalism. That's a new word I hadn't heard until yesterday, but they've described this as Orientalism. In other words, saying, oh, they're just you know, sort of Asia bashing, I suppose. Um, they said if the rest of the world bans Chowco products, it will threaten livelihoods in Thailand. And a worldwide ban would force many farms into bankruptcy and force hundreds of workers into poverty and destitution. So, yeah, the Chowco uh, spokesperson yesterday came out and said that uh, the Peter report was wrong, that a lot of these monkeys, uh, there's very few of them still doing this job and it's really only in outlying areas in Thailand and they said that in most of the cases they believe the monkeys uh, were well looked after and to a large extent they actually enjoyed their work. I mean if the monkeys weren't uh, trained to do it they'd probably pretty much be doing it themselves. So I'm not really sure how a monkey even it gets if it gets a coconut how it actually open it up. They're pretty hard things to uh, to open up and get the milk from but I'm sure a lot of you have thoughts on this so we look forward to covering that. Anybody talking about the coconuts and the monkeys? Um, it's just Captain Kremen that uh, mentioned is it PETA? PETA? PETA, P-E-T-A. Yeah, PETA are nutters so it's hard to know when they are highlighting a real problem and when they aren't. So PETA always stand up the P-E-T-A organization. People for the something something treatment of animals but they certainly are uh, quite active around the world in pointing out areas where they see animal abuse 
and uh, they've called out this Thai company and the practice. And uh, I think by Chow Ko describing it as Orientalism is partly correct. There's probably just a bit of a cultural clash here. Uh, the practices that have been going on for years, not that they're right, but uh, then suddenly squeezing them into a more Western sensitivity uh, about particular issues in regards to animal rights and suddenly you get uh, a bit of a, a scuffle going on. Uh, same thing as with like riding elephants, for example. I mean, in Thailand, uh, the riding of elephants is quite a normal and natural thing that's happened for thousands of years. Uh, but now putting that into a more Western, more modern look at the way that animals are treated, it's seen as barbaric by some people. Now, there, you can still go for a ride on an elephant in Thailand. Not monkeys, by the way. You can't ride monkeys. But uh, if you wanted to ride an elephant, you still can if you want to. And I know that there are some uh, East European countries that still enjoy uh, riding on the elephants and don't see anything wrong with it. I also noticed um, uh, particularly uh, South Koreans, they seem to like going for rides on uh, elephants as well. Uh, down in Phuket, there's a dolphin show. Now, a lot of these shows are sort of really lost popularity around the world, the, the whale shows and the whale zoos and the dolphin shows. But, uh, yeah, that is well attended down in Phuket. Actually, notice that they were open the, uh, the last time I drove past. So um, different sensitivities, different outlooks about different topics in regards to animal cruelty. But uh, Chow Ko, the coconut manufacturer and producer here in Thailand under fire from the US and Peter over its treatment of uh, of the monkeys. Orientalism. That a word you've heard before? It was new to me before yesterday. That's new to me as well. Yeah, some people are described as orientalists. So uh, you'll see if that word pops up anymore. Any more comments about the coconuts and we'll move on. Yes, there are some uh, comments actually. Kian Nunes asked, I wonder if the same rationalization should be used on horses pulling carts or guard dogs. Yeah, guard dogs, uh, horses and the use of horses, the riding of the horses, yes. the racing of horses, for heaven's sake. Uh, these animal abuse. So that, that's a really good uh, point. And so I think if you want to start pointing fingers, uh, they can be pointed in a lot of different, uh, in a lot of different ways. Even keeping dogs at home or cats I mean is that animal abuse my cat certainly wouldn't think so I can tell you that <laughs> your cat's living in heaven yes okay that's I'm funny. the one that's abused by my cats that's the truth there okay so we're gonna have a quick break uh, we'll get back and we're gonna have a talk about the tsunami boys uh, off the coast of the Andaman along the what the western side of Thailand uh, we've also got a, a quick chat about the crypto crash and also the biggest buyers of condos a bit of a surge going on in Phuket who are they this is Good Morning Thailand running solo this morning but I've also got Carmel and Chai with me uh, but we'll come back and talk about those topics on Good Morning Thailand right after this
Good morning, Thailand gets up to 80,000 viewers per week, and we'd like to weaponize our audience for you. That's right. So if you have a business or property or even your house that you'd like to sell. Private yacht? Yeah, could, we could be in space. We're not sure about space. Well, all you have to do is contact us on info at the tiger.com and you can hire us up to a day or even a week and we'll go to your property and do the show live. Good morning, Thailand. Coming your way. Welcome back to Good Morning Thailand. Tim running solo today because my guest didn't turn up. We've got some guests for the rest of the week. In fact, I'll be very busy with uh, two guests each day. So we'll certainly make up for the chats then. But uh, we're going to have a talk about Tsunami Boys now. Now after 2004, there were quite a lot of changes made to the evacuation procedures. Uh, better signage, better understanding as we saw what happened uh, around the Andaman uh, area and also right around the Indian Ocean. I mean, it's not only called the, uh, it's also called the, trying to find the names, uh, it's been called the, that's right, the Indian Ocean Tsunami, the Boxing Day Tsunami and the Asian Tsunami. So it wasn't just Thailand. 14 countries were affected and some 230 to 250,000 people are estimated to have died during that event, one of the biggest natural disasters ever recorded in, uh, in history. So they put these two tsunami boys out in the Indian Ocean to protect the Thai coastline so that if there's any rise in the sea level that it would signal that and give people around about a half hour warning to, uh, to vacate the coastal areas. So this is a report I did back in 2018 about those particular boys. Chai. walking along Patong Beach and just 250 kilometers offshore is a boy. It's one of two boys. The other one is placed uh, the same sort of distance offshore but up around the Pangna area. Now other countries along the Andaman coast also have their own warning boys that will signal these towers to alert the people on the beaches if there is any major change in the water levels. Now these systems are monitored 24 hours a day. What we've learned in the last couple of days is something we've actually known since October last year is that one of the boys out there is not working and it hasn't been working since October 2017. Now we've actually been asking them probably every month, would you please confirm that the boy has been repaired? But we've never had an answer, yes or no. Been very difficult to report. But at least today we do know that one of those boys isn't working. So that's a story we did some four years ago at the Tiger and things really haven't changed much because the headline today is that Thailand has lost connection with two tsunami detection boys. And this from the Department of Disaster Prevention and Mitigation who say, but the country's tsunami warning system is still effective. How can that be if they've lost connection with the two tsunami boys? Uh, how can they still be acknowledging any changes in the sea levels uh, in the Indian Ocean off the Andaman coast? So Indian authorities have recently recovered one of the boys in the Indian Ocean after the department lost contact with it in October last year. Things move slowly sometimes. The department is trying to recover a second boy which floated off into the Andaman Sea, losing connection with the department 
uh, last Thursday. So that's very recent. So the boys are going to be replaced, apparently, but not until November. So it's extremely unlikely that a tsunami would happen over the next four or five months statistically. But if it does, we won't know about it until it actually reaches the shore. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what they think they're doing with these boys. I, th I think by telling people that we've got the tsunami detection boys there, that it's effective, that they're working, that they check them every couple of weeks, would actually provide one of those uh, reasons for people to worry less when they come. Because, of course, the Asian tsunami was uh, well publicised, was devastating. A lot of cameras captured exactly what happened. And the devastation around the area did scare a lot of people. I mean, since then, people are coming back. We know statistically it's an extremely rare occurrence, but it will happen again at some stage. And if it does, you'd like to think that Thailand has done everything it can to make sure it's ready to check uh, those boys. Uh, but they also say that uh, even though the boys aren't working, the Thailand uh, subscribe to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which also measures the changes, any big changes in sea level around the world, and that they would be using their data for the next few months until they get those boys up and working again in the Andaman Sea. All right, any comments about that, uh, Carmel? The whole chat is going on about the pronunciation of the word boy or buoy. Ah, okay. So yeah. Chad, is it? Uh, no, the whole chat is oh, going the whole on chat. about okay. it. Okay, so uh, yeah, in most English-speaking countries, we spell the word B-U-O-Y, we Sp say boy, but I know American people say buoy. So uh, I'm sorry if I've confused people there and acknowledge that it is pronounced differently in different parts of the world. But B-U-O-Y is pronounced uh, boy in most English-speaking countries. But I do acknowledge that it's spelled different. A bit like aluminum, which in other countries uh, is, is spelt and pronounced as aluminium. So they're just little differences. Uh, so we haven't made a mistake. It's just a difference in pronunciation. So uh, that's the situation. What, what, what's the thrust of their... They're just saying, oh, Tim's pronounced it wrong. Yeah, that's, that's literally all they started talking about. <laughs> Not even about the topic. Okay, wait till I say Pattaya again. Then you can <laughs> really complain. Uh, okay, let's have a quick talk about the crypto market because I checked this morning, as I do every day, the cryptocurrency, and it was a red line, almost vertical. So I thought, no matter how bad my day gets today, uh, I don't own any crypto. So it could be worse. I could be in El Salvador, which went out and bought a whole lot of Bitcoin over the past couple of years, spending taxpayers' money, betting, basically gambling on cryptocurrency. So according to BitcoinTreasuries.net, uh, two big buyers over the past uh, couple of years again has been MicroStrategy and Tesla. Tesla mostly owned by Elon Musk. And they've 
They own together 130,000 for MicroStrategy and 43,000 Bitcoins. And their value uh, has gone down. Just those two companies alone uh, combined 1.5 billion USD uh, just in the last couple of weeks. That's scary. I noticed that uh, in BART, in November the 8th last year, Bitcoin was valued at 2.25 million BART. And today, uh, well, when I last checked, like literally half an hour ago, it was 738,000 BART. That's a drop of some 66%. So uh, for people in the crypto market, it's a pretty savage time. Of course, those enthusiasts out there will say, hang on, it'll come back, don't you worry. But uh, if you bought at the, uh, the top, you would be hurting. And uh, it's going to affect a lot of people who got wrapped up in the whole crypto craze. Speaking of investment, uh, our last topic today, I noticed that the, the condo market, <laughs> which might be compared in some ways to the crypto market sometimes in Thailand, but the condo market in Phuket has gone really, really mad the last couple of months. Who are the big buyers of condos in Phuket? Have a guess, Carmel. Who are the big buyers? Big buyers. Hmm. I'll give you a hint. Last year it was Chinese, but this year it's a different nation who are the big buyers of condos in Phuket. India, Indians? Not Indians, no. But that's a, a that, that might be the future. Because they the. It's the Russians. Oh. So a lot of uh, Russian people are thinking oh. uh, maybe they're in Russia and thinking, not looking good here at the moment. Uh, I think we might head to warmer climes and buying up big. In fact, some 74 units were sold in the first three months this year to Russian buyers, uh, valued at some 245 million baht. Uh, this outpaced both uh, last year's Chinese purchases of 66 units and uh, the Russians who bought 54 units last year. So big buyers. And I noticed uh, the last couple of weeks when I've been in Phuket are quite a few Russian people around and also uh, Indian people. Now, I love Indian food. So I'm hoping with all these Indian people coming to Thailand at the moment that maybe some uh, we might see a few more Indian food eateries because I don't mind a bit of tikka masala and uh, some uh, garlic roti. So good luck with that. So that's about all the topics I've got today. So time for your comments now and let's get stuck into all your comments, good or bad. Uh, any questions, I'll do my best to answer them before we wrap up the program today. Carmel, what have we got? First, before I address all the other comments, PG Santa earlier in the show donated $2 and the, the message was hashtag free Tim. Free. I don't need freeing, I'm okay. Uh, and I'm very excited uh, for the rest of the week. We are gonna have uh, two guests on each day. Uh, today's guest just didn't turn up. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, we just ended up doing the program ourselves. But yes. uh, I do have the comfort of Carmel and Chai, yeah. not far away, helping me through this hour. What else have we got? Thank you, PG Santa, by the company. way. Thank you very much. 
The other comments are from M. Maranta. Tim is very dapper attired today. Scott D. said, greetings from Chicago. Tim's looking Hollywood. <laughs> Not really. But I thought, you know, it's, it's worth suit. it for you to put a, put a coat on. Yeah. And Tech Symbol asked Tim, can uh, get Sue back on as a guest? Uh, Sue Altman, who we had, I think, last Tuesday when we were doing the show from Phuket. Sue not only uh, representing Barn Rim Pa, the restaurant there, but she's also been the head of a charity organisation in Phuket for probably 15 or 20 years called Phuket has been good to us. And Sue's responsible for raising many, many millions of baht to keep the schools together, uh, running there that the Phuket has been good to us foundation has been running. So a great lady and was good fun to have Sue on last week. But she hit me. She hit me at one stage. Yes. My shoulder is still hurting. <laughs> oh, Tim, that's overreacting. When you were talking about inflation, Ryan Bishop said that, uh, mentioned day trade gold. My wife made 50,000 baht yesterday and she's already crushing it today. Wild ride. Yeah, I think the only people making money out of the markets at the moment are the day traders because, I mean, obviously the trend for the, the long term buys is way, way, way down. But uh, those people who uh, do the day trading and buy sort of hourly, they can get the, uh, the jumps and uh, jump out when things look like they're not going so well. So yeah, it looks like gold, as usual when the markets are, are tanking, there's always this move to gold, always happens. Yeah. Nils Peter, uh, Peterson said in Denmark, we now have to pay uh, are roughly 100 baht per liter. That's how bad inflation got. 100 baht per, per liter. liter. Okay, we're paying, f well, 91, which is the petrol I use, yeah. uh, was 46 baht the other day. Chai, who drives a crappy old Honda Wave, it must be, what, 20 years old, uh, he puts 95 in the petrol tank. What's 13 your years old, by the way. How old? The, the bike is 13 years, 13 13 years, years old. old. Do they still make the Honda Wave? I mean, it's a very popular bike, I know. They still make it, I think so. It's got gears and everything. It's got the, the gear pedals. <clears throat> so, well, that's okay. But why do you put 95 in it? It would run on cooking oil, wouldn't it? Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> Okay, I'll have a talk to you about what the different octane levels mean. You don't have to put 95 in your petrol tank, I can promise you. What else have we okay. got? Teacher Richard said, I'm not returning to Thailand until this scam is over, and this scam is COVID. <laughs> well, I mean... <coughs> uh, okay, the, the, the Thai government obviously are unwinding themselves from the pandemic restrictions that they've imposed over the past two years. So I'm not sure if you want everything removed, face masks everywhere, temperature checks everywhere, you want to get rid of the Thailand pass, you want everything to be exactly the same as when you were here last time, you might be waiting a while. But I would say living here we haven't really noticed a lot of these encumbrances. In many cases, we've sort of got used to them. Uh, but we are delighted to see more people coming back to Thailand. 
a lot of the shops reopening, but economies around the world, not just Thailand, are going to take a long time to get over the, uh, the problems of the last two years. And some of that is manifesting itself now with high inflation in response to a lot of the payments made, uh, the fiscal stimulus that was done over those two years. And people are, or countries are now having to repay a lot of that money. Cash floating around the community, people buying. Of course, inflation will go up and that's caused by other things, not just the fiscal stimulus of a lot of countries. But uh, if you want to come back to Thailand as it exactly was when you were last here five or ten years ago, well, I mean, Thailand's, like everywhere else in the world, changed and will continue to change in many ways, hopefully for the better. But if you want to come back to Thailand, it's open and there's plenty of things you can do here. But there are plenty of things that some people will always complain about mm. no matter what happens. Yep, true. Regarding the coconut monkeys, Robo in the Bay said, I am very sick and tired of people from the likes of the USA trying to interfere with normal day-to-day -day running of businesses in other countries. Okay, well, that's a fair comment. Mm. Uh, so Peter, obviously very enthusiastic about trying to protect animal rights. Uh, sometimes they go a bit overboard. Um, there's probably a place somewhere in the middle which is good for the animals and good for businesses in some of these countries. Um, but I don't think a lot of the activists at places like Peter will ever be satisfied until uh, the animals are all set free from the zoos and uh, wandering around the fjords and plains of Africa. But that, of course, is not going to happen, and nor is it terribly practical. And we say about uh, not so much the monkeys, but the elephants, it's all very well to set them free, but who's going to feed them? What are they going to feed on? And what happens to the elephants when they come in contact with the humans? Those situations don't usually end up terribly well if the animal wants the same food that the humans want. Very vexed question. But something we enjoy covering here because there's no correct answer and there's a lot of cultural issues involved. But uh, Peter, they also bring attention to a lot of animal rights and uh, it's always good to cover their stories as well. When you talked about crypto for a bit, Paul Weston said crypto is a con, and 212 Roger said all 500 S&P were in the red today, which is the first since 1990. Yeah, I, 1990? Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching, uh, I mean, I, I do keep a close eye on the markets, and um, it's pretty much been red all around. A couple of weeks ago, I was reading out the differences between the start of the year and I think it was probably the middle of May I did it. And uh, some companies like uh, Google, what are they called Alphabet now, uh, Tesla, um, uh, Facebook, I, I covered about 20 different companies and they'd all tanked 20, 30, 40, 50%. So if you've got shares and you're relying on a return from your shares, it's been a really rough ride this year. I, my gut feeling is, and I'm not an expert, so don't take anything I say as even slightly authoritative but I personally think there's a long way to go because a lot of these stocks were overpriced. As far as uh, these cryptocurrencies I'm not a fan but I know a lot of people are. I suppose I'm slightly older style when it comes to things like cryptocurrency. My father said to me don't invest in anything you can't drive past every day. Mm -hmm. So 
I've read a lot about the blockchain and cryptocurrency. I can't really pretend that I understand it. And I sort of figure that a lot of people that invest in it don't really understand it either. But there's this FOMO, this fear of missing out. And a lot of people, sadly, are at the moment losing a lot of money. Yes. And uh, well, I mean, I just feel sorry for them because a lot of people have thrown a lot of their life savings into these highly risky markets. It's going to be a rough ride. Carmel, a couple more, then we'll probably say farewell for today. When you talked about the condo market booming because the Russians are buying into it, uh, the foolish Farang said Russians are wanting to get their cash out of Russia. Yeah. I think that's a fair comment that uh, some of the purchases made are people really just moving their their money. Uh, it's not necessarily a show of great confidence in the market. I, I think what it is is people just wanting to get away from uh, from Russia in some cases and moving their money to uh, just a different location. But uh, yeah, well, it's good for Phuket. They're selling a lot of condos at the moment. Uh, Phuket's had a pretty rough ride, maybe even the last 10 years. So it's good to see uh, people in Phuket starting to, to make some money out of real estate. I noticed that land prices have really shot up the last two years uh, on the island. I mean, any island, you've got a fixed amount of real estate and uh, they haven't got a lot of new real estate coming online. So the property prices, the land prices have really shot up. But thank you for your comment. Yes, and that is it. That's it? Yes. Okay, well, Carmel, thank you very much for joining in today. No problem. Thank you very much to all the commenters for saying hello and joining me for an hour. It's been my pleasure to spend it with you and I really appreciate you sticking around and making your comments, agreeing, disagreeing, asking questions and uh, just being involved. And I've felt the love. Got Jay and Natty back next week. They're on assignment in Suratani. Yes. Yes. And they were at the Kalsok National Park yesterday. Very beautiful. Seen some shots that uh, Jason did. So they're having a good time there doing some reports. And no doubt you'll hear about that and see more about that in coming weeks. Chai, thank you very much for pressing the buttons. Noom was also involved with getting some of those videos together earlier in the day. But from all of us at the Tiger and Regents International School in Patia, thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you again tomorrow.